The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank discussion with passion on CJD 800. Welcome to Trouble Tuesdays here on Passion, the night I answer your question, where we chat, where uh, you can give some of your own comments and uh, and help each other out here on the program. 514-800 to text in. You can call in if you'd like at 514-790-0800. Some people uh, who have a lot to say tend to send me emails and that's fine. You can do that anytime to Lori at drlori.com. And what I, what I have noticed in the last little while is that I am getting uh, far more emails than, than even texts. And the emails are in fact, quite, quite detailed and people really, uh, sharing uh, a lot of their experiences and thoughts. And, and I welcome that. And I think, um, people appreciate the community that we've built here and they feel it and they sense it. And that's the, that's the sense that I've had as at least, especially in the last four months where we've really come together, I think as a community. And I'm, I'm happy to say that our listeners here, I really, I val, we, we all value each other and I, and I can feel it. So thank you. Thank you for for being here and helping each other out, not just uh, me helping you, but you helping others as well. So let me get to the text board. This one was from last night, so I hope you're listening again tonight. Uh, My girlfriend had a hysterectomy and her vagina has become too small and also dried up and needs lube. She also takes antidepressants and doesn't have orgasms. Any suggestions? Unfortunately, what we have here is a perfect storm. uh, for difficult, for sexual difficulties. So depending on what, was it a complete hysterectomy? In other words, a hysterectomy could be where they remove just the uterus and leave the ovaries. So the ovaries continue to produce hormones, uh, but the uterus is of, is of no use. So you're not going to be using it to make any babies or anything, but you keep your ovaries or they can take out the uh, the entire uterus plus the fallopian tubes plus the ovaries uh, plus the cervix. So there's all that internal stuff. So if the ovaries were removed, that immediately puts into puts a woman into what's called a surgical menopause, basically, right? Where once uh, you remove the ovaries, she no longer produces estrogen. So the result of that is yes, vaginal dryness, hot flashes, all kinds of other symptoms related to menopause. So there's a few things, I'm, I'm taking each thing separately because the meds is a whole other area. It's not that the vagina is too small. A hysterectomy does nothing to uh, make a vagina too small. However, uh, with the lack of estrogen and the lack of lubrication and all of that dryness, it can feel very small and in fact could have that, uh, could atrophy over time. So uh, having intercourse, you would have to use an external lubricant. Absolutely, like a silicone lube. That's a necessity. But there's, I would also recommend, and I know the gynecologists recommend this too, is a intravaginal estrogen cream. Um, 
which very little goes into the bloodstream. So it's been tested and, and had really good results. And uh, so this is something you insert into the vagina several times a week, for example, and, and restores the estrogen back into that area to make it more elastic. So that's one thing that she can try. The next part, unfortunately, antidepressants are known to have uh, sexual side effects. They can be different for different people, but they can affect every part of the sexual response cycle. So it could affect arousal. For men, that would mean erection. For women, that would mean lubrication. It could affect orgasm. For men, that means delaying ejaculation or, or not being able to ejaculate. And for women, not being able to orgasm. Uh, and also affects libido. So just not having it, it like really reduces the sex drive. So it's very difficult because you have to weigh the pros and cons, right? If you're very, very depressed and you need those antidepressants, that's more important than the sexuality part of it. I know it sounds completely unfair, but that's oftentimes what we have to kind of weigh out. But you can also check with your doctor because not all medications to treat depression have the same effect on the uh, sex drive. So you may, um, your doctor may, for example, want to add another medication that can counterbalance those, um, those side effects or get you onto another uh, antidepressants that, that has much less side effects. So this is something you have to discuss with your doctor. Sometimes people get these prescriptions without any explanation like the the sexual part isn't even addressed so it's up to you as the patient to say will this have an impact on my sexuality the answer will be it could absolutely Uh, so at least look out for that and see or ask the doctor could you give me something that has the least amount of sexual side effects that's the way I would go in this question with this. Uh, Good evening. I have a question. What is the difference between a pump and a stroker? Okay. So you're talking about uh, sex toys or sexual aids here. Okay. So it's exactly how it sounds. A pump pumps out the blood. In other words, you put your penis in a cylinder and there's a pumping action. That pumping action is to draw the blood into the arteries, the veins, into the the penis. And then usually, this is usually used by men who either want a much harder erection or men who have some kind of erectile dysfunction. And usually you put a penis ring at the base of the penis once you've pumped it up to where you want it. The stroker is a masturbation aid, like uh, like a sleeve, for example, where uh, a man inserts his penis in there, his already erect penis in there, and basically it simulates the feel of being inside a vagina. And then they use that to move back and forth, and it's used for masturbation. So the pump is not it's not a masturbation aid. The stroker is. So hope that answers the question. 
Uh, Dr. Petito, sorry, I don't know how to spell it. Just for your own, uh, just for yourself, it's B-E-T-I-T-O. So thank you. A lot of people don't know how to spell it. No problem. No worries. Uh, I was diagnosed with herpes when I was 21. I was married for 24 years. My then husband never showed any signs of catching it, even though we never used condoms. I rarely had outbreaks and I'm now 56 and haven't had an outbreak in years. My present boyfriend and I have been together for years and don't use condoms. How likely are they to have herpes even though they show no symptoms? That's a that's very, very hard to tell. It's You're unlikely to pass it on if you have no outbreaks or pre-outbreaks or anything like that. Um, it's possible. I just don't have the number in terms of how possible when somebody is asymptomatic. We know that somebody who's asymptomatic can pass it on, but it's usually people who don't kind of recognize that they have the beginning of an outbreak, for example, and, and then have sex. So if, um, I mean, if it hasn't happened at this point, um, you know, and then make sure you just never have sex if you ever have an outbreak, but it doesn't sound like you've had one in a long time. So I don't think I would worry so much about it. Not at this stage in the game. So, uh, I would let, let that one go. Uh, coming up, I've got a few, uh, interesting emails, some responses to last night's show and one email from a, a former drug addict and who tells her story that I want to share with you. I think it merits that. A safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's Passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. It's Trouble Tuesdays, the night to get your questions in or to get them answered. 514-800 to text in. Uh, you can call in 514-790-0800. You can also email me to lori at drlori.com. Um, I get why I'm very grateful that we have so many ways to be in touch actually because uh, you know, this is also, this is a, a difficult subject for a lot of people and especially people who are having sexual issues. I have to say that oftentimes people who reach out to me will say to me things like, you know, I've been meaning to call for years. <laughs> or I've had your card in my wallet for five years, for 10 years before they actually make the, the phone call to, to get help, which means that people struggle for quite a long time with these issues. And part of it is because we just don't talk about it or we don't know who to talk to, or it's difficult to talk about this, or we're afraid of what may result if we talk about this. Um, so I urge you, please, like this is an anonymous forum. You can, uh, and I, you don't have to call me. That's okay. You can text in or, or email me and I don't use your name or anything, but it's important that you get those questions answered because oftentimes people, um, they suffer for a long time with things they often think are problematic. So there's something terribly wrong with me. And then only to find out after years of this thinking and suffering that they're actually quite normal or it's quite fixable, uh, or this is something that, oh, a couple of sessions of therapy will heal, you know, um, and it breaks my heart when I see people who have suffered for so long. And I, I could see that in my office when I, when I tell a, a client, listen, this is, this is fixable. This don't worry. This will not be there forever. Like 
we can fix this. We can do something. It's like sometimes the floodgates open because they realize, I wish I had, you know, maybe talked about this earlier. So I urge you to talk about any kind of sexual issues, even if you just think it might be a problem or it's the beginning of a problem. Don't let it fester. Don't don't let it consume you because these things can be so all-consuming also and, and cause depression and cause all kinds of secondary um, things. So just to say I'm here and I want to talk to you and if there's a question you have, I want to help. So... 514-800. All right, here's a response. Uh, just, the, you know, sometimes there are opinion, opinion letters I get, and please send those too. That's good. I caught last night's show, and it only confirmed what I said in a past message about millennials. Your male guest demonstrated the immature attitude I have noticed in many of Montreal's young men. Um, uh, ranted for a good three minutes and never said anything. The young woman, however, again, confirmed what I have experienced in Montreal. She is very mature, very articulate, and chose her words well. If I had to make a comparison, I would say the young man would compare to a 19-year-old in other countries. I have taught in many countries, and this is the first time I've come across such immature attitudes in young men over the age of 25. I'm not criticizing that young man, and perhaps I'm mistaken. It was the fact that he was on the radio and he was a bit nervous and, and could not find his words. But a 21-year-old from France, England, and even most of the U.S. would dance circles around him. I'll be leaving Montreal in July 2020 and have enjoyed my time here. Great country. And I think your Justin Trudeau is a fine example of what a leader should be. And at such a young age, he has gained the respect of every country worldwide and is admired by many. I won't, I'm not getting into a political discussion with anybody here, okay? So don't send that in. Your show, as unique as it is, it is equally impressive and I've come to truly enjoy it and I will continue to do so no matter where I teach. That's so nice. Thank you very much. It's nice to know that we have people all over the world listening. Okay, I have an email now. It's long, so think of it as me telling you a story. This is the story of one lady, one woman, who was brave enough to put her struggles on paper. And because she did that, I want to honor her by sharing this with you. Because my sharing of past emails on the air that were lengthy and also stories actually helped this woman. So I want to share her story as well. So let's listen to this. Lori, I'm an occasional listener to your show and have been for the last two years. Let me tell you who I was. I was a drug addict, a mess, and I did not care. I was on social assistance and lived in a filthy place. I always had a hard time with money, but always managed to find some for my drugs. I brushed off my family and wanted nothing to do with them because they always tried to bring me down and just bothered me and I was better off without them. About five months ago, I got up, looked in the mirror, and I did not at all liked what I saw. The solution was get high, but this morning was different. I realized that I felt the same thing every morning and will see the same horrible image every morning. I looked at my apartment and it was disgusting, something that never really bothered me before. I sat on the couch and on my coffee table was my drugs. I did something that took every ounce of strength. I picked it up 
and put it in the toilet. I watched it floating there and had to force myself to flush, but I did. It was a horrible day. I did not go out at all because I would end up seeing friends, not friends, others like me, and I know I would get high with them. I cleaned up my apartment and kept myself busy all day. Day two was bad too. Called my sister, told her I did not do drugs at all yesterday. Her answer was something I expected. Sure, sure, sure. I've lied to get money from her, so not surprised. Day three, I did my best to fix myself up, but this time I went out. I made applications at four Tim Hortons, Walmart, just about anywhere. The following day, I went for an interview at Tim Hortons, and he could see I was not the best person to hire. I told him, I am a drug addict have not had any in days on social assistance, and I want to get off and buy some decent clothes. I got the job. He gave me 25 hours a week. A week later, I got a second job at a DEP, 20 hours a week, and did not con uh, conflict with Tim Hortons. I got off social assistance. I called my mom and told her she did not really believe me. I was known to be not very honest. I started looking for a new place to live nearby, but even decent places cost a lot. Now I had no friends because I was not taking drugs and no real family because I used them, lied to them, and pushed them away. Time passed and I kept my jobs during COVID, luckily. Two weeks ago, I called my sister to come through the drive-thru and I would give her a free coffee. She did the next day. We reconnected and it was emotional. As time passed, I started reconnecting with my whole family. Yesterday, Sunday, it was my birthday, and I had Saturday and Sunday off. Rare I get a whole weekend. Saturday morning, my sister picked me up, and we went to Mom's. I was not planning it, but I stayed the night at my Mom's. Sunday, we had a very small party, and I got a cake, something I've not had in many years. But I was disappointed my brothers were not there. They did show up at around 4, but I needed to get home and sleep because I worked that night at 11. They offered to drive me home, and I gladly accepted. I live in Saint Laurent, but they did not make a turn on my street. I told them, hey, you missed it, and he said, no, we didn't. He pulled into a building parking lot and got out. He had the key to the building, so I thought we were going to his place and thought he had moved, and we entered an apartment. Very nice. My two sisters and my mom came in. They were following us, and I never knew. My brother put the keys in my hand and said, now you are home showed me the lease and was told landlord was already given 12 post-dated checks so you are rent free for a year my mom gave me an envelope with a gift certificate for two hundred dollars and a prepaid visa card for five hundred for clothes i was told not to worry everything was arranged with previous landlord and we will go tomorrow and get your personal items i have new furniture new tv new sheets dishes full fridge i burst into tears and i could not believe it why am I telling you all this? I listen to your show enough to hear others who turn their life around. All kinds of personal problems and you are always positive and the message from three hooker drug addicts who went home because of your show and got off drugs. Now I live in a decent neighborhood, made friends, have a family again and mostly I am happy again. I forgot what, happy, what being happy was drugs do not get you high they get you down and will take you down until you can cannot get lower but if i got out anyone can now i look in the mirror and i love what i see last week um 
oh, this is all a new world for me. And even with COVID, it is a beautiful world compared from the hell I lived in. And it was you who showed it to me. Last week, and you meaning the collective you, all of us here, by the way. Last week, you read a poem, um, and there is only one me, and we are all special. This fueled me, but I had no idea a few days later I would be here. I am special. My life has value. I will never go back to that life. Today, my sister called me to say hi and ended the conversation by saying she loved me. Have any idea how much those three words mean to some people? Thank you for the light. Uh, Lori, it will shine in my heart forever. So I wanted to share that with you because it was, it, it's a, co- this is a collective, um, effort. All of us are helping people and you may not even know that you're helping people with your comments, but you're helping people. So just, I hope this uh, drives that point, um, home. A uh, very powerful and wonderful testimony from that former uh, drug addict, yes. Um, okay, Dr. Lori, I'm a female and I have a fun female friend to hang out with. We went to a meetup and later joined the group for a drink. I was talking to a really cool guy. We had a lot in common. My friend had to leave because her taxi arrived. She was to my right and he was on my left. She leaned right in front of me and asked the guy I was talking to for his phone number. It just seemed really awkward. He gave his phone number to her. She left, and he asked for my number. As we continued talking, my friend was texting him from the car, saying how nice it was to have met him. Phew, girls are so competitive. How would you respond? Can someone else respond to this? is cattiness, right? If it was my friend, that I would not have done that. I would have checked with the friend. Are you interested? Is this, you know, you seem interested in this guy, or can I go for it? Or something of the sort, right? Uh, and now uh, you feel like you're competing with your friend. Like, uh, if it, how, I don't know, guys, how would you respond to this if this was your friend and, uh, you know, leaning over to get this guy's number when, did they seem to connect? Like, did you see anything between them? Like, anyhow, I think it's important that you, the two of you have a conversation nonetheless, like talk about if you're interested in him, if she's like one of you, but to start competing for a guy that's so, that becomes so high school (laughs) and you're going to lose a friendship over it. And I don't know, is it worth it? Like you've got to think about this as well, right? Uh, coming up more questions uh, to answer. Someone wants to know, how do I avoid looking up my ex on Facebook or Twitter? So think about that and, uh, maybe you can give him some advice as well. That's coming up after we check in with our CJD 800 newsroom. The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. From the pleasure and the politics to the hangups and the heartbreak, you're listening to Passion, CJD 800. Trouble Tuesdays tonight answering uh, your questions. I've got a bunch of texts I want to share with you now. Uh, From the best in people to the worst. After your beautiful and touching story about that woman who gracefully turned her life around to the two-facedness of one woman trying to steal a man from her supposed girlfriend. How true, right? Uh, As I'm sure many of us are, I'm in tears from that woman's story. I feel so proud of her. Giant hugs. I hope you're listening. 
Uh, wow, what an amazing inspirational story, clearly demonstrating the resilience of the human spirit and the healing power of forgiveness. Couldn't have bet it, bet, said it better myself. You are so, so, so true. Uh, kudos to that young woman who turned her life around. God bless her and her family members. Forgiveness and gratitude are everything. Love to her and her family. And I think, you know, we all feel the same way. Uh, passion poet helps out tangibly. That's so great. Yes, she ma- she makes a mention of the poem that helped her also. So uh, thank you for that. Um, okay, before I get to, does anybody have any tips for this person? Uh, he asks, could you give me some tips on how to avoid looking my ex up on Facebook or Twitter? It's been almost three years that we're apart. We don't talk anymore, and yet I'm still cu- curious about her life. I feel like this has to stop. Yes, this has to stop. Uh, this is, and you know why it has to stop? Because it's not helping you. What is this doing? Is this keeping you locked in to old feelings and uh, nostalgia uh, and keeping you from moving forward and maybe meeting somebody that is better suited for you? You've got to think about this. So block them on all of these things. If you don't want to see them pop up or what have you, get off of that social media and do it, like cleanse yourself because this is not helpful at all. Now, I don't know of any particular tips to stop doing this. Like when you have the urge, distract yourself with something else, go do something else. Um, make sure you're not getting her Facebook feed, make sure you're not getting notifications when she's tweeting or when she's, uh, going on Instagram or posting stories or Snapchatting or whatever, like just stop, just stop. Get out of that. Move on because not moving on after three years is problematic here uh, and you're hurting yourself. So that's not good for you. Uh, This person wants to know, do porn stars have a normal sex life or psychologically they lose their, uh, that intimacy or joy of having sex? So I'll tell you simply what uh, I know from having interviewed quite a few sex workers, and not just porn stars, but se- you know, sex workers, people who are in the field of sex work. Many have families, husbands, boyfriends, and the sexuality is, I would say, different. And they will tell you one is a job. It's like it's a mechanical, it's a thing you do. It's not necessarily... Um, I'm not going to say they don't enjoy because I hear from uh, many porn stars who enjoy the sex, but it's a different kind of sex. And when they're with their partner, it's sex mixed in with emotional connection. So it's a, it's a very different experience. It, it's not, uh, and most like, I think there's a, a, some, some thinking that the porn stars or sex workers don't enjoy themselves. I would say maybe many, maybe, maybe some don't, um, and, uh, they do it simply for, uh, for the money or what have you. But I can tell you that many do, um, which makes it easier for them to do it because they do enjoy it. So. Uh, let's see. Passion poet, you message in with problems. (laughs) Dr. Lori does her best, but some problems are so small compared to all the rest. 
No problem is unimportant, maybe an issue with husband and wife, but if you listen to that message, Dr. Lori saved a life. Not me, you guys did that. Do not hesitate to reach out. Help is very close by. A simple text or phone call, no reason to be shy. Like you should be writing jingles for me now, you know, for, for the show. Thank you. That, uh, that helps and hopefully gets uh, people thinking and, and being okay with, uh, with texting in their questions. Don't be shy, please. Uh, so this is not sex related necessarily, but it's from uh, from a listener who is just uh, you know sharing some some thoughts. Uh, my daughter made an interesting observation. She's 23, very intelligent young woman. Maybe we should get her on the millennial panel. She has always complained about the senseless primetime cartoons on TV lately, most geared at the adult audience, but obviously these producers think adults today are out of touch. Family Guy, American Dad, The Cleveland Show, to name only a few. All these shows have touched on sex and relationships, even a talking dog making a comment about mounting a woman or baby that is supposed to be intelligent, referring to ejaculating in someone else's diapers, a bunch of beer-drinking men standing on a sidewalk making comments about passing women or complaining about home life. It just gets worse. (laughs) Kids watch these shows because they are cartoons. And for parents, TV is an electronic babysitter. And then we wonder why some have issues as young teens. I agree with my daughter, TV has gone down the toilet. If it's not some ridiculous cartoon-twisting young minds it's a crime show about something violent, usually rape, reality shows, and the latest, just to prove how we digressed, ultimate tag, a child's game for adults. What's next? Naked hide and go seek? Why not the why not have naked and afraid and nude survival all on prime time? Or naked dating also. I don't know if you've ever seen that. This is quite something. Uh, network producers think people are stupid and will watch this. Unfortunately, they are right on both counts. <laughs> North American television is considered pitiful TV in Europe and Asian countries. She found out PBS Network is enjoying great ratings by broadcasting British comedies and an intelligent alternative. I'm not saying there's not some good TV shows, but they are becoming more rare. I remember Saturday mornings was cartoon day for kids. Millennials get the same cartoon content today and watch it as young adults. Sadly, they find it entertaining, which is worrisome. But cartoons like Bugs Bunny was far more entertaining and made more sense. Well, the Roadrunner didn't make much sense, I have to say. Uh, we need better TV shows, variety shows like Carol Burnett, Sonny and Cher. They are a thing of the past, but I'm sure a good variety show would do well. Oh, you bring me back to all those variety shows. <laughs> oh, you see, you can rant here. It's all good. Feel free. I'm happy if you do. It's good. Okay, uh, why when my partner gives me oral or masturbates me, I can last, last a long time, but when I penetrate, I only last a few minutes, even if there was no foreplay beforehand. So what's your expectation? Is it what you see in porn? Is it wanting to last, you know, 20 minutes, half an hour, one hour? What are we talking about? I want to give you like the reality here. The reality is that most men, the majority, will ejaculate between two and five minutes of thrusting. 
if you think about it, if you think about how many thrusts that actually is, count one Mississippi, two Mississippi. How many times you have to count that? Five times 60? Count how many that is. And you tell me if that's not a long time. Um, it's just that we're, we've got this, we're programmed to think that we have to last a very long time. But think of it even from a physiological point of view, for from the women's from the woman's perspective. Okay, eighty percent of women will not orgasm through intercourse. I'm not saying they don't enjoy intercourse, but they will not orgasm. They need that foreplay in order to get there. They need that clitoral stimulation, etc. So, even if you could last an hour, let's say. It doesn't mean she is going to have any more uh, or be any more satisfied. So the key is spending time, enough time on foreplay, a good 15, 20 minutes on foreplay, and then moving on to intercourse. And that would be the norm, basically. Coming up, uh, more of your questions, uh, so many more. I'm happy to answer them. 514-800. Passion with Dr. Lori Batito on CJAD 800. It's Trouble Tuesdays tonight. You still have a bit of time to get uh, your questions in. Okay, let me see here. A couple of texts. An hour, just one hour. In the first hour, I make sure she's had at least four orgasms and I'm just getting warmed up, LOL. (laughs) Uh, I'm sorry, but that last texter should know that Looney Tunes, especially Bugs Bunny, was a racist cartoon in the 50s and 60s. Those cartoons are now considered racist. Racism on a lot of levels truly are. Another texter, I grew up on Bugs Bunny and his gang. Roadrunner wasn't our favorite, though. We ended up feeling sorry for Wild E. Coyote. I totally agree TV is bad. Yeah, well, there's a lot of bad TV, unfortunately. Some good, but a lot of bad. Um, JD says, oral lasts because you don't have to work. So for the guy that can last during oral, but once he penetrates, he lasts only a few minutes, which is the norm. Just want to put that out there. Um, and, uh, it's also not, it's also a different sensation. So there's that, that part as well. Uh, is that guy's partner satisfied if he lasts only a few minutes during intercourse? That might be okay for her. I hope he asks her and they talk about it. What a great question. I'm so glad you brought it up. That's what I should have asked you. Have you asked her if it works for her? Because oftentimes guys think they need to last a lot longer, but if they actually ask their partners, their partners would say, it's fine. Just make sure you, I want you to spend time on foreplay. Like there you can hang out, you know, your mouth on my genitals. You can hang out there for as long as you want, you know, but the intercourse doesn't have to last that long. So before you start looking for solutions or thinking there's something wrong, why don't you ask your partner? And it's, it brings me to thinking about a client I once had. He was married for, I don't know, over 20 years and they, they had a a good sex life. Like it was never an issue. Uh, he comes to me because he says, I, I, I have premature ejaculation and I'm like, okay, define that for me. And I said to him, and then I found out, you know, he's married for 20 years. I said, did your wife ever complain? Was it ever an issue in your marriage? 
And he said, no. I said, did you ever consider yourself a premature ejaculator in your marriage for 20 years? He said, no. I said, but you're lasting the same amount of time now with these new partners. He said, yes. So how is it that now he's a premature ejaculator, but then he was not? So really it's, is he now considering this because he feels pressured to perform a certain way for these new partners because he's newly single before it wasn't a problem. Why is it a problem now? So think about that because it, it really can mess with your brain a little bit, right? Uh, so before it was perfectly normal. It was within the two to five minute range. Wife never complained, lots of foreplay, everything was good. And now suddenly he has to be like a porn star, uh, because he's newly single and, you know, dating all kinds of new people like, hello, think for a minute. All in the family and the Jeffersons are must see TV as a reminder of how far we have come it. Yeah. <laughs> Yet how far we still have to go in eliminating systemic racism. You're so right. Like, I don't know if you've ever watched reruns like recently of, of, uh, all in the family. It's cringeworthy, like cringeworthy for me. Like, and back then everybody, it was like, that was it, right? That was, that was what was watched. Everybody watched it. It was like part of our, our, our societal norms and, and what have you today. You watch that stuff, it's appalling. Uh, literally, I was cringing when I saw that. Uh, to the texter, Bugs Bunny was great. We need another All in the Family to show how ridiculous racism can be. That show had a 37% market share. That's huge. All races and religions watched it and laughed. Well, as long as you can... Um, watch it with that look of this is a parody or this is an, you know, an exaggeration and this is what life shouldn't be. Sure. But what about those who actually related to Archie Bunker? That scares me even more. People who thought like him, felt like him. Uh, Boy Meets World was what we are missing today on TV. I'm sure there are a lot of things people would, uh, (laughs) would say some TV shows that they would love to have that kind of TV show from when, uh, we were growing up. Uh, my wife review refuses sex with me. If we argued the day before or the day before that, or the day before that. Okay. Well, how many days, you know, that just to tell you this kind of fits with the research that shows that for women, it can, like, if you have an argument or she's angry with you, it could take three days to overcome that, to like to feel back in the mood, let's say. Whereas men can turn it (laughs) more easily on and off when sex is involved. It's like sex can fix it, but for women, they cannot, they won't use sex to fix it. It's quite the opposite. They need time before they uh, can have sex. Texter wants to know, what does it mean to make love all night? You know, making love all night does not mean having intercourse all night. It means, um, being in bed together all night, caress it. It it involves the whole range of sexual activity. Like oftentimes people think sex is intercourse. Intercourse is the smallest part of sex. There is so much more in terms of erotic like just erotic play and sensuality and 
caressing and exploring erogenous zones and um, all that foreplay. Foreplay can last all night long. And uh, if you're young enough, you can have intercourse multiple times if, if, uh, if you can get it up and come again. <laughs> that, that's fine. As you get older, that gets more difficult. But that's really what it's about. That's what making love all night is. It doesn't mean penis and vagina all night long. Uh, are you kidding me? After an argument, five minutes. Yeah, and I bet you you're a guy, right? That's a guy responding to that one. <laughs> oh, wow. You want it? Somebody just texted in. Please do not encourage oral sex. It is wrong and deviant behavior. What? <laughs> Clearly, we have very different opinions. This is my opinion. Whatever two consenting adults choose to do in the bedroom, wherever, whatever orifice they want to stick it in, whatever things they want to wear, whatever they want to do that is legal and sane and consensual, then butt out. It's not your business. There's no, there is no deviance when you've got two consenting adults. You're coming from a position of, from where? Think from puritanical religious, right? Like, I don't even know because where does it say oral sex is not allowed? <laughs> like where? Show me, please. Uh, sounds like we should get out the sheet with a hole in it. Yeah, that's a myth too, by the way. That that's uh, in the religious communities. That doesn't happen. Just just want to point that out. <laughs> Man, of course it's a guy. Five minutes. Why does the listener consider oral sex deviant? I don't know. They say it is. A, it's wrong, but I don't know why they would think it's wrong. Like some people just believe in missionary position, sex for procreation, not for pleasure, right? So you do have some people who it's like the um, ultimate, like ultra, I guess, religious, but I don't even know because not all religions think that way. The, in, in the, in the, uh, old Testament, for example, like it talks about pleasuring your, your woman. It says you must you must ensure that your partner is pleased and pleasured before you take pleasure for yourself. And it's a, it's the union. It isn't just about procreation. So, but others maybe just take it to the letter. I, I don't even know. I really, I don't even know anymore because I just don't hear that all that often. Yes, I agree. Oral sex is naughty, deviant, and be considered perverted, and I love it. <laughs> I don't see where it's considered perverted, deviant, or naughty when you've got two consenting adults exploring their bodies. Like, I don't, I don't see it. I really don't. Um, with lots and lots of oral and spanking. <laughs> oh, sometimes angry sex is just much better five minutes later from a guy uh yeah for some people yes anger and uh, can fuel 
a different kind of arousal because the system, think of it this way, your system is aroused when you're angry. And for some people that actually uh, can trigger arousal because those two have the same effect on, uh, on the body. So there you have it. Thank you all for your, uh, your emails and your texts and messages. And so uh, it's, it's always great speaking with you really, really enjoy it. Thank you to our technical producer, Dave Simon as well. If you want to connect with me on social media at Dr. Lori Batito, my last name is spelled B E T I T O or through my, uh, website, drlori.com on there. Uh, you will find a couple of uh, TEDx talks that I did on, on pleasure, on sex and long-term relationships. There's some information about my book. And you can also access all the podcasts of the past shows. Although you can get those as well if you have the SoundCloud app. You can get them through there or the iHeartRadio app as well. So if you miss some shows, you can go back and, and pick those up when you want. Coming up next here on CJD, we bring you the CTV National News. Have a great rest of the evening. Stay safe and remember to live your life with passion. <laughs>